0: The Torah content from now through Pesach has been sponsored by the Kofsky family in loving memory of Adira, who loved big ideas and asking big questions. Hello, I'm Rabbi Match Schneewais, and this is the Stoic Jew podcast, where we explore the relationship between Judaism and Stoicism. Today's reading is from Marcus Aurelius Meditations, Book 4, Chapter 43. There is a river of creation, and time is a violent stream. As soon as one thing comes into sight, it is swept past and another is carried down. It too will be taken on its way. So um, before we get into the analysis, my uh, my my contextual thoughts about this really have to do with the fact that Rosh Hashanah is right around the corner. And what do we say on Rosh Hashanah? We say Unasana uh, uh, which is the, the I don't know if you called it, it's fila or a pute. Uh, which concludes with talking about. I mean, this is not just in Unasana Tekev. It's it's in a lot of uh, of uh, it's alluded to or, or explicitly stated in a lot of the Rosh Hashanah davening. But the thought that came to my mind was uh, at the end of Unasana Tekev, man's foundation is from dust and his end is dust. With his soul, he brings his bread. He is likened to a broken shard, withering grass, a fading flower, a passing shadow, a dissipating cloud, a blowing wind flying dust, and a fleeting dream. So that imagery of impermanence and everything passing away uh, is what I was thinking of about this Marcus Aurelius excerpt in conjunction with Rosh Hashanah. But then I realized that no, no, no. Those statements on Rosh Hashanah are taking it much further uh, than um, or deeper, depending on how you look at it, than Marcus Aurelius. Because Marcus Aurelius is talking about the things that well, he's really talking about all of creation and all of time, but but it, it, the emphasis is not on man's impermanence. You know, uh, I guess not. Actually, now now I'm questioning this. You know, because he is talking about all of creation and time, but he doesn't explicitly say you are impermanent and your life is impermanent. Similarly, I, my mind went to Cohelis, which also talks a, a lot about impermanence, but there the um, the uh, the. The context is in terms of man's pursuit of happiness, which is a little bit more related to Marcus Aurelius here. But let me tell you, we've been dancing around the point. So the the, the real thing that comes to my mind uh, in terms of Jewish sources, uh, and I would not be surprised if it came to your mind also, is the famous ah uh, uh, tale of the. I mean, this is told in different ways, but the 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 king who put out a challenge to all of the uh, the jewelers in his kingdom. Uh, and said, make me a ring that will make me feel happy when I'm sad, and sad when I'm happy, something like that. And so so all of them try, and then finally this one wise man makes a ring that says, uh, the inscription, Gamze Ya'avor, or "Gamzo Ya'avor, um, this too shall pass. Uh, and the idea being that when you are in a time of sadness, then when you realize that this state is only temporary and that's going to pass, then that that alleviates some of your sadness, and when you're happy about something, you're overly happy about something. Uh, then and you think about the fact that it's only temporary. Then that um you know that that makes you realize uh, that you know that it it, it uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Modifies. There's a word I'm looking for. Curtails. No, that's not it. It it diminishes your happiness somewhat. Okay, so that was the first thing that came to my mind. However, uh, <laughs> when I said it's a Jewish source, turns out we don't really know if it's a Jewish source. You know, there are versions that are quoted. Um, I guess there's a uh, you know in in different uh, texts. I mean, you know, Abraham Lincoln quoted it, and uh, 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 Anton Chekhov. And there's a Chinese version, and there's a Christian version. Uh, it seems like, and it does not seem like this is stated in any of the authoritative. Ancient Jewish text that I'm aware of. If someone finds it, please let me know. So, doesn't mean it's not a true idea. It just means that that's not the um, that that's not the uh, the what do you call the uh, that it's not exactly a, a Jewish source if we're looking for Jewish sources. But again, the idea is very much part of Judaism, and it really is a part of Koheleth's message uh, that the you know that the only thing that that you know nothing physical, nothing in this world lasts, uh, and none of the experiences and the psychological things that you have here are going to last. And uh, and it's, it's you know, I guess the time that we most recently talked about it, um, well, actually, maybe not in this podcast, but in my Lab podcast, when we talked about the Rambam's interpretation of mezuzah, uh, or his explanation of mezuzah. Let me see if I could find it here. Um, yeah, so this is in the Rambam in Hilchus, Uh mezuzah, uh, well, tefillin mezuzah of the Sefer Torah, Chapter 6, Halakha 13. Uh, every person is obligated to be careful with mezuzah, for it is a continual obligation for everyone. Every time a person enters and exits, he will encounter the idea of the oneness of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's name, and he will remember the love of him. And he will wake up from his slumber and his immersion in vain temporal pursuits, havle hazman, which means things that are ephemeral, things that don't, uh, don't last. And he will know that nothing lasts forever and ever except for knowledge of the eternal rock. Uh, knowledge of God. Immediately, he will return to his mind and walk in the ways of uprightness. So, um, the idea there being that uh, that the only thing that really lasts forever is knowledge, and the only part of you that can relate to knowledge is your soul, is your Talan Elohim, your mind, uh, and that therefore, as you're coming and going uh, about your day, and especially when you're entering and exiting your house, you should, you'll encounter mezuzah, which talks about God's oneness and love of God, and uh, and you know, and the mitzvah of Talmud Torah and learn, you know, uh, learning Torah, which includes uh, you know, Torah and studying the universe, and you'll you'll remember that that's the only thing that lasts forever, and not to get caught up in your uh, your temporal pursuits. So. So that's again. This, so this is very. And again, Kohelis really ends with that. ha'kol nishma esaluhi Yurav yirav esmitzvosav shemor kol ha'dam. That the sum of the matter, when everything is considered, is uh, uh, is softavarchol uh, nishma. Uh, uh, fear God and keep His His mitzvos. For this is the entirety of man. Okay. So these are all old ideas. Okay. I mean, I'm not 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 to 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 cheapen them, but um, but I was looking. You know, I, it took me a while to record this because I was looking for something. Like you know, I like to try to uh, to find some chiddush, whether it's a new idea or new application or something like that. So I was uh, I was stumped for a little while, and then um, so I decided to leave it over the weekend instead of uh, recording on Friday, and then yesterday I was reading in uh, the book, one of the books I've been reading. Uh, by Anthony DeMello, or based on Anthony DeMello's teachings, uh, the book is called "Stop Fixing Yourself." And he has something in here which he calls the um, the River Meditation, uh, and it's interesting. It, it, it seems like all of the meditations in this book are written in kind of a poetic form. But what I really liked about this, I'm gonna, I'll describe it before I, um, before I, uh, before I read it, is it's easy to say gamzoyavor, Yavor, you know, this too shall pass. And you can kind of get, you know, you can get like a a little bit of the idea there. Uh, but it doesn't really impact the emotions. Like, I feel like there there needs to be something else here that is, um, you know, that you that we can like to make that gamzoyavor Yavor more usable. Uh, and, and the poem, this poem or meditation really gives it. That's one thing I like about it is it's, It's usable. The second thing I like about it is it's very much in line with two other techniques that the Stoics um, use, which is which which actually you know maybe I'll read let me read the meditation and then I will, uh, um, I'll uh, I'll read the excerpts from the Stoic writings that support this. Um, So the river meditation, I look up at the sky and see the morning star burning brightly in the heavens. I imagine what it sees as it looks down on me and my surroundings and this portion of the earth. I visualize what it might have seen a thousand years ago, five thousand years, a hundred thousand years, five million years ago. I attempt to see in fantasy what the morning star will see in a thousand years, five thousand, a hundred thousand, five million years from now on the anniversary of this day. I pass in review the various stages of my life. Infancy, childhood, adolescence, adulthood, middle age. In the following fashion. I searched for the things that seemed immeasurably important at each of these stages of my life. Things that caused me worry and anxiety. Things that I stubbornly clung to. Things that I thought I could never live with or without. When I look back from the distance of today, how many of those loves, dreams, and fears retained the hold they had on me in former years? Then I review some of the problems that I have today, some of my present suffering, and of each of them I say, This too will pass away. I think of things I cling to or that I am possessive of. I realize that a day must surely come when I shall see them differently. So of each of these attachments, too, I say, This too shall pass away. I make a list of the many things I fear, and to each of them I say, This too will pass away. To end, I see myself embarking on my daily tasks with the earnestness and fervor with which I plunge into a drama or a game, absorbed, immersed, but never drowning. So that's the meditation. Okay, so what I like about it is, like I said, he uses um, two other techniques that the Stoics do. One is focusing, doing what Rabbi Sachs, what my Rabbi Sachs, <laughs> Rabbi Yoni Sachs, not, not the chief, the former chief rabbi of the UK, uh, Aleph Shalom, uh, but... Uh, what my rabbi Sachs used to call the zoom, zooming outwards uh, to get a bigger perspective, and so so the Stoics would do zooms in time and zooms in in space, um, and that's really how this meditation started off. And just to give you an example of this, uh, Marcus Aurelius in Book Nine, Chapter Thirty Two says. You can get rid of a great number of your annoyances because they lie entirely in your own head. You will clear up ample space for yourself by comprehending the scale of the universe in your mind, by observing the infinity of time, and by studying carefully the rapid change of each part of each thing. How short the time is from birth to dissolution, uh, the time before it an abyss, the time afterwards also endless. Uh, or Seneca in the in letter number ninety nine says, imagine the vast abyss of time and think of the entire universe, then compare what we call a human lifetime to that immensity. You will see how tiny a thing it is that we wish for and seek to prolong. And there are many examples of this. Um, uh, I guess it doesn't really do it in terms of space, it's more in terms of time. So that's how that meditation started, by really focusing on the perspective of something that is very long-lasting, the morning star, and picturing its perspective. And then from there it moves on to focusing on your own life and realizing that you also are you know, passing through these various stages of infancy, childhood, adolescence, adulthood, middle age, and that's realizing the impermanence of your own life. And then from there, it focuses on things that you got caught, caught up on and clung to, and how your perspective on that changed in the past, and then it applies it to the present. <laughs> uh, and so it's it's this is what I mean when I say that it's Gamso Yavor, but in a much more... Applicable way because, like the Derech of Shlomo Hamelech, like the the method of you know of Mishlei of the Book of Proverbs, uh, is that it uses vivid uh, 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 description that appeals to the imagination and the emotions in order to flesh out the idea and make it have a greater impact. So um, so that is what I was thinking about this. There's actually one more thought I had, which is uh, what is the idea of comparing it a creation to a river and time to a violent stream? You know, like you could use many analogies here. So I do think that if anyone has had uh, experience with, with large rushing rivers, it is an amazing thing. Like, I don't know, if you're a kid standing by the river and you throw like a leaf into it, you just see it get swept away. So again, very vivid image. But I think there's also something about the fact that it is a natural... Thing. Like you, 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 something goes into the river; it will just get swept away. It's just the natural course of things. And I think, I think, when we think about temporality and the fact that that things are impermanent, it, it's it, the feeling is that this is not natural, you know. And and the the muscle that Marcus Aurelius uses is no, it's entirely natural. So it helps you come to terms with that. Oh, I forgot to state the basic idea here. <laughs> okay, the basic idea underlying this entire thing or at least the application of it that I've chosen to focus on is when you are suffering, then part of what makes you suffer, you know, what enhances it, the second arrow, as we've talked about in previous uh, episodes is the feeling that this is going to last forever. The feeling that that this is permanent. And similarly, when you're feeling happy, then in order to sustain that fantasy of happiness, there is this feeling that this will last forever. You know, it, thinking about it ending can be a depressing thing, you know? So Marcus releases Muschel or Gamzo Yavor or the message of Mazuza, all of these things puncture that fantasy of 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 permanence and and immortality and eternity and cause you to realize the thing for what it actually is. And that can have a, a diminishing effect uh, either of the happiness or of the sadness. Okay. So I guess I ended up, uh, (laughs) saying more on that than I thought. Uh, so I apologize if this, if this episode was a little scattered, I I did not get very much sleep last night. And I actually, uh, I actually did, um, console myself as I was tossing and turning in bed for a very long time by telling myself, okay, like, so it's going to be, there's going to be certain unpleasantness to the next day and, uh, and it's not going to last, you know, it's just going to get swept away and there's going to be another sleep and I'll, I'll have a good sleep and then things will turn, return to normal at some point. So, uh, try it. It works. <laughs> uh, that is it for today's episode. If you've gained from what you've learned here, please consider contributing to my Patreon at www.patreon.com slash Alternatively, if you would like to make a direct contribution to the Rabbi Schneeweiss Torah Content Fund, my Venmo is at Matt-Schneeweiss, and my Zell and PayPal are matt at gmail.com. Even a small contribution goes a long way to covering the cost of my podcast and will provide me with financial freedom to support <sighs> Sorry, let me try that again. And will provide me with the financial freedom to produce even more Torah content for you. If you would like to sponsor a day's or a week's worth of content, or if you are interested in enlisting my services as a teacher or a tutor, you can reach me at rabbeshnewas Thank you to my listeners for listening. Thank you to my readers for reading. And thank you to my supporters for supporting my efforts to make Torah ideas available and accessible to everyone.